Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Sap and Chance. On today's episode, we're going to take a look at AEW a little bit. We're going to take a look around the wrestling world a little bit. So, guys, strap in and thank you for letting us into your years. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sap and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. Joined with me, as always, my man with the master plan with the Triple G shirt today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Can't complain, my friend. It is Tuesday. That means wrestling day. We started something new last, or I guess last night with a raw review. So I got that out of the way. Um, so today we just kind of focus on wrestling and wrestling only. Well, I mean other parts of wrestling i guess right the other promotions and things that are going on in the wrestling world but before we get to any of that we did touch on it last night and i think we should just probably touch on it one more time here today yesterday the local independent scene here in vancouver lost a name dropkick murphy passed away yesterday unfortunately um causes unknown i i don't know i'm not sure if you know anything um 24 hours later uh, chance, but... Um, I do, but I, I don't want to say it until they release it officially, but I, I know. Right. A big blow to the community, to the wrestling community on a whole. Dropkick Murphy, from what I understand, was a big fixture fixture here. Uh, took an absence, a leave of absence for a little while to get his health and um, body back up to par, and I believe he just made his comeback this year. And um, yeah. I tell you what, man, I, I met Dropkick in the you know early 2010s i guess um at that time when he was a part of eccw and uh, at that time i thought he was just a really really nice guy um in the last year i've met him maybe three or four times again just on the go and just overall genuine kind-hearted very nice individual menacing looking uh six four you know just a big guy mm-hmm. but he had the heart of a teddy bear from from what I gathered. I mean, I wasn't a close friend or, or, you know, someone that I really spent a lot of time with. But from the interactions that I had with him, he was a phenomenal, phenomenal man and just a really, really nice guy. I know you had more with him. Maybe you can share a little bit more about Dropkick Chance. Yeah, he was uh, very nice, very friendly, very humble, very sensitive. Um, sometimes his sensitivity got to him. That was why he would punish himself. When he's very sensitive most people from that world are very sensitive that's one thing people don't understand about that but yeah, he's a great guy always helping load the ring helping us get storage he's always good with my kid even like the last show when we were backstage you know he's the first guy to come up talk to me talk to my kid and he's just a great guy a good wrestler a good character he was only 40 he was still young and uh, sad what happened but uh, yeah he's a great guy there's not most guys in any wrestling aren't very nice guys but he was one of the you know handful of guys that are very genuine and very friendly so rest in peace to michael willis yeah i hope that whatever he was suffering from or and um you know it, it's gone now and um he's being accepted with open arms with, from the father upstairs so mm-hmm. you know nothing but the best to him and yeah. uh you know whatever wherever his soul takes him. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't much more to add to that. Just a genuinely yeah. nice super guy. 
And if that's the impression that he left, you know, just in a passing conversation, I can only imagine what it was like to be with him, um, you know, more so. You know, I, I don't know. Absolutely. What else yeah. He's a great, great, great guy. All right. Well, you know what? Let's move on. Uh, you know, Vinnie Max is the show must go on, as we said last night. So the show mm-hmm. does go on. So why don't we start with AEW? We've never really gotten too deep on AEW, never really broke it down per se i mean if anything i don't think we've been very complimentary of aew and that's not because it's a bad promotion i just think with with our time spent in this industry as fans and people behind the scenes and you know being involved in the business to a certain extent not necessarily taking bumps or anything but understanding how the business works and everything i think that's for a lot of our taking many bumps in that training ring for many years no 100% right you know um I know what you mean though right but you know just just because of where we come from in the wor- world of wrestling mm-hmm. you know i mean if you think about it we we could be considered aficionados um we we just know the business we understand it without yeah. taking the bumps and whatnot but aw man um I, before we came on the air i wanted to brush up as much as i possibly could on aw and and see what's going on um, I will still maintain this. I mean, there is a lot of issues within that company right now. Um, one being that Jungle Boy, I want to start with this because I thought this was kind of interesting. The whole incident that stemmed back in the summertime where Punk got suspended, eventually got fired uh, because Punk was trying to show the younger guys the right way to do something. Now, I don't know if this is something that's, you know, particular just to the indie scenes or guys who are coming off the indie scenes into promotions thinking they know everything. I don't think... Well, like I said before, Punk always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and he's not. So he's he's arrogant. He's an arrogant... He's an arrogant prick. He rubs people the wrong way, right? Right. But in this case, I don't think he was wrong in trying to give the advice that he was about using glass, real glass, and stuff like that. I mean, those things can hurt. Look at Goldberg. He punches yeah, hand but why it. is Punk doing that? Why isn't why isn't the uh, agents backstage doing that? Why are they letting this guy who's a moody, he's grumpy, he's a miserable guy, uh, he hates everything? Why are you letting this guy be the liaison to young? Because the agents not doing their job. Because the that's the ag- problem. The, well, Sorry, well, that's huh? the thing, right? So I mean, you know, AEW is WCW of this generation in essence. Yeah, it's a number two promotion with, but- with, with less ratings and less cool talent and stuff. Yeah. Right, but but overall, generally speaking, right? I mean, if there is a number two, it would be AEW. Yeah. Uh, they have the financial backing. They got the money and everything. So that just, you know, by default makes them that, right? Um, but, you know, I think after that, that's when they started to change everything, bringing in people, bringing in people to take charge of certain things. Um, but here's my point. So Jungle Boy was also suspended from that. That was three months ago. And in that time, Punk's made his debut in WWE. Jungle Boy, he's cleared, but he's nowhere to be seen. They don't know what to do. What's going on with him? If he's hurt or he's just pissed off that he got suspended, I'm not sure. No, they're just not using him. They're just basically not using him. They haven't mentioned him on TV. Uh, Rumor has it he might be that guy behind the devil mask with, with the MGF story um but again that's all speculation but you know since that moment he has not been on tv he's not been seen um nothing nothing at all yet punk here he is thriving moving on and um you know the one thing i will say this you know i went back and i watched the 
promo that he cut when he came to W or AEW, and I compared it to the promo that he cut to a couple weeks ago, I guess, when he was on Raw. Such a different promo, such a different level of appreciation, a different level of you could tell that Punk was happy to be back in WWE. There's only one thing CM Punk cares about, and I've said this for years. He talks, he looks like a punk rocker. He's supposed to be Mr. Independent. I don't care about the big man. The only thing this guy loves is money. And when you he goes where the money is, he's a money, he's a money hawk. He just loves his money. And he even said it, you know, he's trying to be like a heel, kind of snarky, but I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. That's exactly why he came back. He wants one more huge payday. He's 45 before he rides off into the sunset. The guy is an all-around jerk. He's he's just a bad guy. It's, it's the only way to describe it. He rubs everybody the wrong way. He's arrogant, he's rude, he's the smartest guy in the room, he's the best wrestler in the room. He's just so full of himself. And he tries the toughest fighter, he went to UFC and embarrassed himself. Like he's just just not a good guy. Yeah, fair He's enough, a good bro. talent. Doesn't make him a good guy. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, let's just hope. Hopefully, he turns it around here. And well, maybe, he will. He's on his best behavior. He's getting paid well. He's not going to mess up his money. No, no. But I, I, I just hope that you know, with everything he's gone through this last final. I mean, this has to be his last run, right? There's, there's not yeah. much more you can do with him. But I mean, he'll have a good run. He's going to go all out. He's going to give it his best. If he can stay injury free, he'll have some good matches. And you know, yeah, yeah. he's going to have a good run. But he's just. You know, he's fighting guys. He's picking on Jungle Boy and the Young Bucks. These guys, they couldn't harm a fly. Nah, I don't know if he's picking on them, if it's just the advice thing. He's fighting them, right? Well, I mean, he has a different approach of doing it, right? I know what his goal is. I get it. Look, I'm not defending Punk in any way. All Mm. I'm saying is I understand what he's trying to do, but it also puts into perspective the attitude of that roster in general. I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm going to bring up this name because I know there's something you want to talk about in regards to this individual. And I've stated this before on the show, William Regal and Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, sorry, you know, they, they opened up an open forum for everyone to come and learn, learn, like learn from one of the best in William Regal, regardless of what anyone says, I think Regal is one of the best minds in wrestling, you know, to have that opportunity to, to go under that learning tree, to work with these guys no one took those opportunities. They didn't want it. Like, you know, that, that just kind of shows. So it's a two-way street, right? Like, I mean, what were those guys saying to him? Blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm, I know what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. I think Punk, being the elder statesman, mm-hmm. could have shown a better level of decorum and whatnot. He didn't but bring he himself out. It's not the 90s and early 2000s, 80s, and where you can't put your hands on people like he was doing, right? And he's only putting his hands on guys he knows he can beat up. Young Bucks and Jungle Boy couldn't harm a fly. These guys are wimps. They're weak. And he knows that. So he's picking on them and doing that. He wouldn't pick on a guy his own size that could fight back. That's the kind of, that's what I mean about Punk. He's that really arrogant, smartest guy, toughest guy in the room. And he's neither of those things, but he portrays himself as that. So he's picking on the weak. And All even right. if what he said to Jungle Boy is true and what he said to Young Bucks is true, you can't strike him like that. You can't choke him. You can't do all that. He attacked first. He could have been charged, right? Nowadays, you can't touch anybody. You'll be charged. And he's lucky they didn't charge him. That's just what happens in the world now. And uh, he was All way right. out of line with that. Whether he was in the right of what he said, you can't put your hands on these guys. Not the new generation. They don't tolerate that. Fair enough. All right. right? So Daniel, Daniel Bryan um, wanted to touch on this. I know you wanted to talk about this a little bit. Why don't you, why don't you start us off on this one? Yeah, I guess nobody knew about it, but I guess he's part of the committee that helped get punk punk fired. Supposed to be his friend. I guess he, I guess he just doesn't like CM Punk. I thought that was kind of a snake move on his part. But I guess Daniel Bryan's trying to get a higher up role in the company, and he felt let's get Punk out of here. He's one of the catalysts that are moving him. I think if Daniel Bryan would have went the other way, he probably could have convinced Tony Khan to keep him on. But yeah, he's one of the 
one of the main people to help to ask him to be removed, which I was surprised. They're supposed to be the indie anti-authority, anti-big business people. And here they are talking about money on on committee boards. Like they just find well, it very, I mean, very strange. These guys you gotta very figure, You gotta figure I I'm not I'm not defending um Daniel Bryan or anything about it either, but look where he came from. Look what he learned, what system he learned. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, as independent of a wrestler you are, you know, you spent a lot of time up north and mm -hmm. up north. They teach you that the business is bigger than any performer. But why is Tony Khan allowing Daniel Bryan to make decisions about your business? Why is Tony Khan allowing people to it do the things, half the things that he does? Right. Yeah, I mean, no. it, it all comes down to leadership. And if we're going to point fingers, we got to point fingers at that level of leadership. Absolutely. He needs to bring um, disciplinary. You know, actually, Chris Jericho said today. He wishes everybody, and this is going to piss off Triple H fans, and I love that he said this, he wishes everybody under the AEW umbrella would work six months under Vince McMahon. If you don't do the task that he asks you to do, you're going to be severely punished. At AEW, that doesn't happen. For Jericho to say he knows, right? And uh, that's just he's basically saying the level of leadership. Nobody respects Tony Khan's authority. They like him. He's a nice guy. He's one of the boys, but they don't respect him, and they walk all over him, and look what's happening. I, I think what Tony Khan is, he's the money. Right. And in yeah. talking with some of the local guys here about such kind of things, um, you know, when a bunch of them were over in Uruguay in, in South America, you know, the, the guy with the money was trying to be chummy with the boys and this and that. And, you know, the boys were kind of chummy with him, but they knew that all he was was the money. Mm -hmm. Right. They so called they the it. shots. They called everything. And that's basically yeah. what's happening here is basically, you know, if Tony Khan ran WAEW the way he runs Fulham, the way he runs the Jaguars, you know, where he's the actual owner and people respect him as the owner sort of a deal in those arenas, you know, things might be different, but here, because he's a fanboy, right? And it's That's no fault of his. To be fair, man, if I had that kind of money and I was able to put a promotion like this together, chances are in the beginning, I'd be a huge fanboy too, just having all these guys around me. You know what I mean? But what is he fans about? He didn't grow up watching any of these guys. He's he's older than some of these guys. So what are you a fan of? It's hard to be a fan of guys when you're younger than. Like I could see it. You know, with Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair. Oh my God, I grew up watching. When you're in the movie with Jungle Boy, and Young Bucks, you're older than these guys. How are you? You can respect their talent and like them, but to be a like to be try to be their buddies, it's just, this is Jungle Boy, and Young Bucks guys. So I well, don't no. understand why he can't separate that. What? Well, but because when I say fanboy, look how he dresses. He doesn't even dress like a boss. Well, well, what what I mean is when I you say know. a fanboy, like he's just a mark. He's a wrestling yeah, yeah, mark. Yeah, I know. I know. Right? Like, I mean, yeah, he's you know he he likes the old guys and Sting and whatnot, and he has them on the roster. But I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, the guy is just a fanboy of wrestling, right? I mean, yeah. and and to be fair, he is of the generation that most of the guys that are young are are in, right? Where where they they think they know everything. They think mm -hmm. that wrestling is all about spots and, you know, they're moving away from the stories. And I think that's a big proponent of the of the sport. You know, storytelling is huge. Without storytelling, there's nothing. You just got people rolling around in their underwear. I mean... For the younger, but, but I, I think I know what Tony Khan trying to do there. And I see it because when I when I watch wrestling with my kid and their friends, the younger kids, they don't really care about the story. They want to see 20 flips. They want to see a guy go to the table. So I know what he's trying to do. Yeah, the people 30 and up may want a great story and intriguing, but the younger fans, like 8 to 16, they're not really invested in the story. They want quick shorts. Oh, they see that flip he did? Cool. They're done with the match. And that's, that's why wrestling is the way wrestling is today. Yeah, that's I know, what I've I know, been saying forever and ever, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about size or body size anymore. It's about who can do the greatest spots, right? It's, gymnastics. it's turning into gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. 
a lot of it is right it's tumbling it's it's circus soleil for men yeah. since a right? lot of it some of the new guys are yeah absolutely especially in aw yeah but there's still some guys you're like jericho and sting and there's some guys that are trying to tell a story and draw you in but i just noticed watching my kids and his friends on the phone they want to watch shorts well you see this what happened you see ricochet's move okay next they don't really want to sit there and listen to a guy talk for 20 minutes anymore yeah like i mean last night was a great example of storytelling we we had you know that opening match you know it was great storytelling between between drew and and sammy and just the way that they conduct a business to get drew over that match wasn't for sammy it was for drew to get over to get that character that meanness over right so i think that's what's lacking in aw the other problem i find with aw i think is the fact that they just have way too many people on that roster and you're you're cutting a lot of people that probably should be on the show that aren't like Guys like Miro, and I use Miro as an example because he left WWE because he felt he wasn't being utilized enough. Yeah. I think the guy in total has had a total time of maybe three weeks, uh, in total time, yeah. right, of three weeks of being on TV. Yeah, he hasn't. I don't remember the last time he's even been on TV. Right, Andrade, yeah. another guy, right? Like, these are really good talents that you're not using properly. You're, you know, yeah, but there's only so many guys you can put on the show, too, right? Maybe he thinks the guys know. he's using are better than these guys, they don't deserve to be on the show, or they're rubbing him the wrong way. Maybe a lot of politics, yeah. a lot of ego backstage. You know, Tony's a very sensitive guy, his feelings get hurt really easy. Well, there is dissension backstage, right? Talent's yeah. not happy, people aren't happy with the executives. Apparently, they hired one former WWE guy, and within a couple of weeks of being there, he fired some people, and that didn't go over very well with, with the people in the back, you know kind of why is this wwe guy here and how come he's firing people that have been here uh he fired a guy called mike sullivan um uh, kevin sullivan sorry not the wrestler some other guy and you know people are up in arms over that so those guys need to figure out their stuff man they got a big show coming up this weekend with no fanfare and here's the funny part you got edge versus christian on this card first time in almost 15 years that these guys have fought you know, considering everything they've both gone through, whatnot, here they are. They're going to face off this Saturday. And I hear crickets in the room. I'm, I'm just thinking, I was just going to say, why? Well, what was the point of that match? I mean, we've seen it. How many how many times these guys were tag team went together? Like, do we really need to see Edge versus Christian again? Well, I think it's just a storyline that the way it's kind of come in, the way Edge came in, he wanted to be his friend. Christian had nothing, wanted to do nothing with him. Uh, running away. I mean, the story itself is really good. If you actually go back and watch it a little bit, those two guys are putting on a great, great, um, what do you call it? Um, program together, you know? Yeah. Um, it is pretty good, but, you know, this is the other problem. I mean, you know, we're only talking about problems. I wish I could say some good things, but the other problem is attendance. I mean, outside of some of the big shows, these guys cannot draw worth a lick. I mean, literally, you could buy an upper bowl ticket and have a floor seat at the end of the night. I think they're doing too many shows. They got three shows a week. We're dynamite, rampage, and collision. They got to drop one of them. You don't need three shows. But they three record big- everything in one night. What's I believe that? they record it all in one night. They do dynamite and uh, rampage in the same night. I believe so. I'm not sure of that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part, they do. For the odd one, they'll do a live one depending where they are. But for the most part. Rampage and well, collision. Collision is somewhere different, though. Collision Pretty is sure. usually the Saturday show, right? So that yeah. one might be live, but for the most part, Rampage the the Thursday or sorry the Wednesday and the Thursday recorded on the same day. 
How can you possibly do that? Because those are three big shows for them, right? How can you possibly have three big shows a week and keep them in, people intrigued and want to? And it's too much. At least WWE only has two big shows a week, right? And then if you count the pay-per-view, NXT is not a big show, right? Two big shows. You have three big shows they're trying to do. It's too much. Like, I want to call Rampage a big show, though. It's only one hour. It's their SmackDown, though, right? Yeah, but it comes on at like 10 o'clock at night, Eastern. No, I know. It's a weird time. It's like, do they really need that much wrestling? Honestly, they're oversaturating themselves. Less is more here. Do your dynamite and then maybe do a collision rampage. Drop one of them and take some of your talent and make the stories better. They have too much talent. They're throwing them all over the shows and it's just all over the place. Fair enough. There's some good workers in there. There's some good wrestlers in there that I like. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, I don't know. Maybe Tony Khan will work out his kinks, but he's got to hire some better people to give him a hand. Some disciplinarians in there that can control these guys a little bit. Yeah, no, 100%. I totally agree. But, you know, I mean, if you start doing that, I think people are not going to want to be there anymore because right now it's that kind of place where you can do whatever you want, when you want, and how you want. As soon as you add some structure, people are going to shit. People are going to walk away. People aren't going to want to be Let them go. Let all the guys that don't want to listen, let them go. They're not going to go to WWE. Let them go to the indie scene then. Let them suffer. You're going to lose a few hundred grand a month or, you know, or a year, whatever your your price is, and let them go keep the guys that want to listen that'll change things really quick around there fair enough fair enough that's what i think no fair enough um anything good about AEW? yeah they got some good talent they got they got the best commentators i've always said that they got better i don't care for uh, wwe's michael cole on raw and smackdown is too much wade barrett i don't think his voice is great for commentating although i like what he says just don't think he has that voice that grabs you Um, i kind of like him i like him i just don't like that voice well, I like the voice. See, for me, I like the voice having, you know, uh, British background and, you know. I like Lord Alfred Hayes, but but Barrett's got that rough voice. I don't like that. He doesn't have a smooth commentating voice, but he's yeah. good, though. He's yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I enjoy him for what we have on WWE. I'd have to say that I do enjoy him. I think the one commentator, uh, I, I hate his voice for the life of it. Just this is commentating voice, uh, Booker Who? T. Booker T. Yeah, he's not a good commentator. It just, it just. I don't know something about when he starts talking, and you know, it's just I know what he's trying to do, but I just I, I can't get behind him, man. No, um, but that being said, Booker T, I mean, that guy, he's a prime example of a guy who's willing to do what it takes to get to the top, right? I mean, let's think about it. Booker T was a guy who, who had a feud with Stone Cold and The Rock, back to back, wonderful feuds, and then he goes into a program with Goldust. Yeah. Right. And he could be like, what are you guys doing? Like, look where I just came from and what I was doing. And now you're putting me with this guy sort of a deal. So it's not take nothing away from Goldust, um, you know, future Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Um, but, oh, sure. but but the fact that he said, OK, you know what? I'm going to make this the best program. I'm going to be the best part of this team. I'm going to do everything I can. I think that speaks a lot to to Booker T, um, you know, just from that perspective. I just wanted to throw that in there since we yeah. were talking about it. Um, so yeah, commentating wise, AEW I feel has a much stronger team than WWE does. I I think they got to find another commentator either for Raw or SmackDown. Hearing Cole both times is too much. That's that's well, five yeah. hours a week plus Davey. Sometimes eight hours a week on Michael Cole. He's not bad, but he's not like uh, no AEW for sure better. I, I prefer their commentating teams. I mean, outside of Give maybe I don't know. I mean, I mean, pound for pound roster rise. I mean, WWE has the, the better talent by far. It's not even close. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of torn on the commentary because I mean yeah, I like stuff. Tony, I like Tony Schiavone. I don't mind him. I don't mind Excalibur. Yeah, um, but at the end of the day, I I think for me, I still would go with the WWE. That's just my opinion. I I prefer the WWE guys. I just and I noticed another thing with the commentating is not as good about Vince and their headsets anymore. I noticed the commentating has went down. They're not they're not 
pumping it as hard. They're not getting as amped up. I know Cole was dancing and being goofy when CM Punk came around, but like you can you can know Vince is a genius, and you know when he's in your headset, you got to be on your A game. Vince ain't in your headset, you're not always on your A game. You got nothing to fear. So I've noticed that too with Vince on the headset, that uh, the commentating isn't quite as strong, not quite as structured. You're letting they're letting Cole freelance a little bit more, and you can see he's he's good, but he's just not. A, I don't think he's an all time great. I know he's got longevity, but yeah, AEW, I give him the edge on the commentating. Fair enough, man. I'll but the Ross Power Pound WWE has a better roster, though. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. All right, AEW has their talented guys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything you want to talk about? No, I think we pretty much covered it all. The news notes were all up to date. Pretty we much. Got nothing. Oh, Sunny, seventeen years, man. She got. This is her second or third DUI, but she killed somebody this time. It's too bad. It's a sad fall from grace. Once a beautiful lady. I mean, she's always had mental illness. But um, I guess she just couldn't control drinking. She was drinking all the time, drinking in her car. She's been busted a few times for this. I mean, will she serve the full seven years? The judge says she will. I don't know. Maybe she'll get out in seven, eight years on some good behavior. What is she in her mid-50s? Yeah, maybe she'll come out an old woman. Yeah, 60s, 70s. Sad. Sad fall from grace. She was a top diva in the mid-90s. Mm. Well, she was the main diva. I mean, she's the one who kind of... If you think about the whole women's revolution, I mean, it really... With all due respect, it started with Sunny, mm-hmm. Sunny to Sable to to everyone else that was there. But I mean, Sunny was probably the that first catalyst that that triggered it all. Didn't she date Shawn Michaels for a bit too? I think she dated a lot of people. She was with Chris Candido. She was with Shawn Michaels. Yeah, um, you know, apparently she. You know, the one thing I will say is I don't like her using Candido's death as. One of the main reasons for for her suffering and her fall down. Not to say that it didn't play a role, but I mean, you'd already broken up with him. You'd already cheated on him. To be yeah, fair, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, right. Like, a bit of an excuse. You can't really use that one, in my opinion. But then again, I don't know. I, I mean, who who knows? I I can't read her mind. Chance, you got a top five? I do. Yeah. What is uh, the top five uh, matches looking forward to in twenty twenty four? You well, can make them your own creation, right? Your own booking. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to see CM Punk and um, we talked about this last night. CM Punk and Cody Rhodes would be fun. Um, you know, there's there's so many storylines there. You have the Triple H McMahon storyline that you can add in there. You can also throw in the fact that Cody could come at him and say, "Hey, you know, I built this company. You went over there and tried to destroy it. Now you're here." You know, sort of a deal. So the the storylines there are are endless. Um, other big matches that I'd like to see in 2024. Um, I'm still holding out for Rock and and Reigns. I don't think it's going to be a great match, but I just think the the promos would be fun. I just think the hype and the build up to it, just having the Rock back on the scene would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know against two, but I like to see John Cena win his 17th world title, just even if it's a one month run. You know, yeah. whatever the case may be, I like to see that happen. Um, that's three. <sighs> hmm. Who else would be a fun match in 2024? I'm stumped at this point. Oh, you know what? Brock and Gunther would be a lot of fun as well. I'd really love yeah. to see that match happen as well. That's four. And number five. I'm drawing a blank, man. I, I can only think of four. 
Do you go to five? I would like to see Punk versus uh, Punk versus Brock, just simply because you can pull that UFC angle in there. You know, Brock come out there and say, "You you thought you were me? You thought you were a natural athlete? You came in there, you lost to a couple Joe Blows, and you embarrassed yourself. I became the champion like that. You're not a real athlete. You could you could have a good program off of that. You could because have a good Punk, program. People forget one major thing here. Punk seen what Lesnar did. He wasn't a he wasn't a he wasn't a high school wrestler. He wasn't an all time collegiate wrestler. He wasn't a former NFL player. He's just a regular Joe Punk. We thought he was a lead athlete. And he learned really quick. That's not the case. And so you could have a huge huge program off of that. I'd yeah, like to see for that sure. for sure. All right, brother Ben. Why don't we wrap this up yep. here? Get the day going. Happy Tuesday to you. I hope uh, the rest of the week treats you well, my friend, and everything goes accordingly and happily. And we will connect again on Thursday for boxing. So until that time, and in the words of Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sam and Chance. I'm Bobby Sampson. He's Chance Michaels. And the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you guys and gals. We are entering the Christmas season. So from now till the end of the year, you know, everybody's going to have their Christmas parties and whatnot and little festivities. So guys, please remember to stay smart. Remember to stay safe. Be safe on the roads, you know, be safe to yourselves and just be safe for your families. That's all we can ask for. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Samp and Chance are out.